fundraisers. I'm Dawn Lego. It's time to buckle up once again for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. We are in the month of April, and April is means so many things to so many people. It is the beginning of a regrowth and birth and spring and many different wonderful things. It is also Autism Awareness Month. um, And more specifically on April 2nd, it's World Autism Day. So it is a month to take a step back and think about um, uh, neurodiversity, and being a more inclusive society and disability rights and so many important things that affect our societies, especially with um, our population that might not be able to advocate for themselves or verbalize for themselves. It's just the month to be able to really think about those things. Not that it's not an issue 365 days of the year. It certainly is. But April is just that special moment. for us to really be a little bit more maybe reflective and perhaps think about being a little bit more progressive. So I have two trailblazers with us today that we're really going to talk about a number of different things like the Milestones uh, Autism Resource um, and disability rights and just about being a more neurodiverse society. So please welcome to Raise Nation Radio, um, Haley Moss. She is an attorney and an autism advocate. Haley, good morning. Thank you for joining Raise Nation Radio. Thank you so much for inviting me and having this conversation. I'm really excited. We are too. Uh, But joining you and us and uh, our audience on Raise Nation Radio, we also have, and I think I'm going to butcher this name. I'm so sorry, but Autumn Ziemba McKenzie. I messed that up, didn't I? Community Relations Manager. How'd I do? I'm so sorry. Fantastic. You nailed it, Dawn. That was perfect. Thank you so much. I am very excited to be here uh, with you and with Haley and to have this wonderful and important conversation. It is important, and and you're doing important work um, managing community relations for um, Milestones Autism Resources. So that was just a you know name and title, not such a, a, a in-depth introduction. We want our audience to get to know you both from your words. So whatever you would like to share about yourself personally, what you do um, in your professional life, our audience would love to hear that. Um, Haley, can we start with you? Sure. So I know you mentioned in my intro that I'm an attorney. So I actually went viral a couple of years ago as Florida's first openly autistic attorney. So there's not a lot of attorneys who are actually autistic that were, are willing to talk about it. It has been one of those moments in my career that kind of just shaped part of my identity, even though that's not the thing that I want to define me. I am also an author. I've written several books about autism and neurodiversity. I am an artist. So behind me, actually, for those of us who are joining or watching over video, those are my paintings. And I love to get to advocate 
for neurodiversity, my community, and making the world a better place. I do a lot of speaking and consulting and policy work. I am a huge geek about inclusion and disability rights. And outside of work, I am in many ways, just your typical 20-something who is trying to figure out how to be an adult sometimes. <laughs> I love games. I love Taylor Swift. I love just having fun. I am just such a little dork in my own time, and I am just happy to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And what an accomplishment. Congratulations to you um, pursuing your career in law and and using your voice for some that may not have a voice and just being so passionate about disability rights. We really applaud everything that you're doing. You deserve to go viral. And, you know, I'm not 20 something. We won't say what something I am, but I'm still (laughs) trying to figure out what I'm going to do in my adult life. So all good. That makes me feel better. And one thing I just want to say about people with disabilities real quick is there's no such thing as nobody who has no voice or voice for the voiceless thing. Everybody has a voice. It's just who gets silenced and who gets unheard. And it's up to me to make sure that everybody feels like their voice is being recognized, heard, and appreciated. Yeah, well, I appreciate that clarification. Yeah, thank you so much. I guess what I meant by that was... um, not a voice like everybody else has, right? There's different yeah, exactly. types of voices for sure. Absolutely. And it's up some, to us to appreciate them. A hundred percent. Some come out with sound, some come out in different ways. We want to respect all communication. So very good point. Now I know why you're an attorney. Um, but Autumn, <laughs> our audience wants to get to know you as well. Do you share whatever you'd like to share? We'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, happy to do that. Um, so I am... I'm the community relations manager for Milestones Autism Resources. I've been with Milestones for about a year. Prior to that, actually, I spent uh, 21 years in the broadcast news industry. So I was a news reporter and anchor all across the state of Ohio. Um, I'm also the parent of a of two incredible children, um, a an 11 year old daughter and an eight-year-old son. And my son is autistic. Um, He's also a leukemia survivor. Oh my goodness. We went through quite a journey back in 2017 when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And then um, just several months after the autism diagnosis, he was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. So it was- It was a lot for our family to kind of digest and, and navigate in a very short period of time. Um, he went through three years, almost three years of treatment, and I'm happy to say he's now in remission. Um, he's doing really well. He is in a fantastic classroom where he's very supported. Um, you know, he's had such incredible support, which with uh, speech and occupational and physical therapy, and um, he's just really thriving. He is in first grade. Um, we're so proud of him. Um, oh, can I we mean, do a shout out? Can we have his name? What, let's give a shout out to both both your children. Let's have their names. Simon and Marin. And they're, uh, I will tell you, they're both warriors because, you know, especially for my daughter too, it is, that has come with so many challenges being the sibling of a child with sure. special and medical needs. That's a lot for a young, you know, young child to go through as well. So I'm just so proud of both of my children. They're such warriors. And, you know, really having the experience of that personally as as a mom um, is what kind of, you know, moved me into the autism field um, mm-hmm. during the during the pandemic when I stepped back from my role uh, as a news anchor and um, decided to partner up with Miles the Milestones team it just felt like a very natural fit 
Um, and, you know, obviously when you've been through this experience as a parent, um, it's just second nature to want to help other autistic individuals and family members and professionals to, you know, all come together and connect and, and we will all be better for it. What a story. Well, I'm sure they get their warrior uh, traits from their mama. So um, <laughs> congratulations to you and your beautiful children um, for the journey and coming out of the other fighting cancer and beating that monster down and now talking about um, a different journey. So I'd love to define a little bit what um, Milestones Autism Resources are. We, we've been throwing that name around a little bit in the introduction, but our audience may not know. And I'd love to you know, hear a little bit more about you know, what is it and what is the vision and mission? I, I think what I'm impressed about most is just the inclusive nature of everyone, caregivers, teachers, professionals, aides, individuals that have autism, parents, everyone's invited and there's something for everyone to take away. But I know you can bring it more justice than I could. So who wants to take that? Autumn, since you're the community relations manager, I think that's a question for you. I think so too. I think you're right. Thank you. Um, so Milestones is a connector agency of sort. Um, and our goal is to improve the lives of autistic individuals and their families across the country. Um, so we connect families and individuals with the resources that they need. So say you are an autistic individual who um, is looking for resources. Say you are a parent, your child has a new diagnosis, you don't know where to turn. We have a help desk where you can reach out and we will connect you to vetted resources in your area. And I think that vetted part is very important because we have thoroughly vetted the resources that we connect families to. Um, and this is whether, you know, you're looking for say, where do I start? I'm looking for a school. I'm looking for a therapist. I'm looking for a sensory friendly dentist or doctor. Um, some of these very specific requests, you know, we connect the families to those vetted resources. Um, our mission also involves education. So we hold a national conference every June. And that conference is the convener of everyone. I feel like that's truly what makes it so unique. Um, we, we bring to the table autistic individuals themselves, their families and caregivers, any professional in the autism community. So anyone who might be, say, a speech and language pathologist, a therapist, a neurologist, um, a teacher, you know, anyone who may work with the autism community, we bring all of these voices together in one conference so that they can learn and grow from one another. Um, and that education bit is, is really important to us. In addition to the conference, um, we provide individual and professional consultations one-on-one -on -one with families and uh, individuals, uh, as well as professional trainings. So we do a lot of trainings in the community with um, first responders, police, fire, EMS, medical students, um, any community that we can help to learn and understand how they can better work with and support autistic individuals. Um, so we're very proud of the work that we do at Milestones. We celebrated our 20th anniversary last year. We were founded by two mothers of autistic individuals um, who experienced the need themselves. They met yeah. in a, a speech language pathologist waiting room and decided, you know, 
this was 20 years ago, the autism scope has changed very much over the course of 20 years. There were not the resources back then. And so they decided, you know, there's this gap here. We really, how can we better connect parents and individuals and professionals? And they threw together their first conference and 400 people showed up. Wow. Oh, I bet. Because I think it's a lot of, um, you know, lobby room talk, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Did you meet somebody good? What do you think here? I think that's mm-hmm. what happened 20 years ago. So we need resources like the milestones for sure. For sure. Yeah. So now when is the conference again? It's June. What were those dates? Yeah, the conference is June 14th and 15th this year. It is completely virtual, which is makes it very, um, very easy to access for everybody involved. So um, whereas we we did have an in-person conference for many, many years, and we may be pursuing that down the road again. But during COVID, we went completely virtual and we discovered that that opened us up to, you know, attendees from all across the country and across the world. We had attendees from, um, I believe, two to three other countries last year that came to our conference because it was virtual. So uh, June 14th and 15th, the nice part about it being virtual also is that it remains on demand through the summer. So it remains on demand through August 15th. Um, whoever you know likes to participate in the conference can access these sessions over the summer on their own schedule. We offer CEUs in 12 different disciplines. So it's a wonderful educational opportunity in particular for those professionals, you know, physicians, educators, therapists to come together and learn and earn those CEUs. And in the spirit of inclusivity, I saw that you also have some scholarship opportunities for individuals, um, for autistic individuals can apply to um, one of your scholarship programs so that they have the opportunity to attend. So that's lovely. Yes, our goal is to make this conference as accessible as possible to as many people as possible, regardless of, you know, their income or their ability. So we accessibility is our goal. So, yes, we do have scholarships available. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We have to mark our calendars. June, what was that, 14th and 15th? 14th and 15th. Okay, mark those calendars. Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit about the keynote speaker. I believe... um, um, it, it's a, a female who is nonverbal. Is that right? But doesn't That's mean that there's not something to say yeah. and communicate. So can you tell me about that story? For I, sure. I can actually jump in if you yes, would like. Yes, please. That our keynote is the one and only Elizabeth Bonker. And Elizabeth went viral a couple of years ago, I believe. And she was the val- valedictorian speaker at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. And she is a non-speaker and uses AACR alternate augmentative communication to express herself. So she is someone who types in order to communicate and you, and basically her device will read out what she is saying and feeling. And she is so brilliant and her wisdom actually is something that I am really excited about. So in her commencement speech that you will find, she talks about how life is for service and it's some, and how we're basically here to serve other people. Servant leader. And yeah. And this idea of life is for service. And it's something that honestly, ever since I saw that, I probably think about at least once or twice a day. So that's personally why I am excited. And also just having autistic women in particular, keynoting the conference is something that means a lot to me. I was a past conference keynote back in 2019 and getting to watch more autistic individuals 
on the stage, whether it's in person or virtual, it's always such a treat. And there's so much that we can learn from non-speakers, especially since they historically are written off as having nothing to say, like you mentioned, or that they're not intelligent or that they lack potential. There's so much that they face that people like me who are very verbose don't deal with, even though we are all autistic and we do face a lot of the same struggles. There are different privileges that I have as someone who is speaking, who may not have an intellectual disability. So I'm really excited that we are giving the mic to Elizabeth. And she also is a nonprofit founder of something called Communication for All. She's just such an incredible human being. She was mentored by the late Judy Human, who was considered the mother of disability rights. And if you've watched the documentary Crip Camp on Netflix, it was largely about Judy and Judy's legacy and all the great things that she's done for the disability community as a whole. And just seeing that Elizabeth is really that next generation continuing Judy's legacy and what she's doing for the non-speaking community and the autistic community and the autism community as a whole. Milestones is in for a treat and I'm really excited for everybody else to get to meet her too. Well, I think um, registration just skyrocketed after our audience hears this because I know that I won't be able to wait. I certainly want to see it myself. Um, just, you know, just incredible. Everything that you're doing is so intentional. Um, you know, a lot of thought into every aspect uh, of the conference. So it's really beautiful to see. And I know that I'm looking forward to it to myself. But let's segue a little bit just to the autism community in general. Um, either one of you, both of you, I'd love for you to comment on, you know, we talk about some legacy mentors of a new generation. We're talking about what it was like 20 years ago when the founders first met in a doctor's office at, you know, for Milestones Autism Resources, those founders and how they connected. How has the landscape changed for the autism community? Let's not go back 20 years, maybe in the last decade. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this and I could probably talk your ears off. And I also do have the perspective of being able to go back 20 plus years too, because I was diagnosed as a three-year-old. I am closer to 30 than 20. So I am past 20 years of this with my family. And I could tell you how much has changed for me, even in the last five years. So here's the thing about anything that is in the civil rights space. Generally, we think change is very, very slow. It does not move as fast as we would like it to. We wish that everything was inclusive right away. We hope that things get better. We have lots of feelings about this. And here's the thing. Change does happen slower than we like, especially if you are like me and you come from the legal system. But change also happens a lot more rapidly than we think. When I was in law school, I graduated in 2018. So not that long ago, it was very funny when I would talk about neurodiversity, like a lot of my friends, my colleagues would look at me like I had three heads. And here we are having this conversation here. I've had this conversation with Fortune 500 companies. I've had this conversation with my entire profession to the point that I wrote a book about it for lawyers and other professionals. Like things have really changed in that regard. But the thing that really surprises people and what's changed as well as, of course, the advent in the last couple decades of technology and the internet and really connecting people much more accessibly and easily. There's that kind of ascent of the autistic community into the mainstream rather than just something that we'd organize at conferences once or twice a year. There's also the thing that I think feels like the elephant in the room here is that folks immediately cling 
to these increased diagnostic rates of there's more autistic kids, more autistic people than there were 10, 15, 20, 25, 50 years ago. And to that, what I would like to share is that, yes, those diagnosis rates are going up. And that does not mean that there's an epidemic. It just means we're a lot better at identifying autistic people and that we have more access to resources and that we're closing those disparity gaps. So if you are female, if you are a gender minority, if you are a person of color, if you're from a lower socioeconomic status, all of these different things were often barriers to who was getting an autism diagnosis. And those things are slowly but surely beginning to equalize a little bit more. So ultimately we're doing a bit of a better job leveling the playing field and that's more exciting, but making sure that we equip everybody with the right resources and education to succeed is great. And also to be sure that we're including everybody in our advocacy. That's been a huge change that I have been very happy to see because I know that there's a separate autism rights movement underneath the disability rights movement. There's so much going on, but really having that larger community where parents can actually learn from autistic adults, which is something I don't think my parents' generation got a lot of when I was a kid, that my parents can tell you on one hand probably how many autistic adults they've encountered and met and got to learn from. And meanwhile, at a conference like ours in June, you're going to get to meet tons of them. And a lot of autistic adults, even online, are very willing, myself included, to share our stories, to share what we've learned, not just with each other to make our own lives better, but with other people as well. So then hopefully it can be better for somebody else. So that's a little bit of what I would like to share to help answer this. Yeah. Autumn, what about you? How's that landscape changed um, of lately? I feel that um, people do understand neurodiversity. Today, whereas maybe even a year ago, that word wasn't even used, right? I, I don't even know that it was a popular term, but what is your perspective? Well, I mean, I agree with everything that that Haley just beautifully expressed. You know, I think it's, um, it is really remarkable to see the way that autistic individuals have embraced self-advocacy um, and, you know, having autistic individuals themselves leading these discussions. I think it is so important uh, for the rest of us, whether it be, you know, parents, caregivers, professionals, to really listen. Who better to lead these conversations and to help us understand than autistic individuals who have these very personal lived experiences? Um, You know, that's why at Milestones, we've really made a commitment to having our keynote speaker be an autistic individual every year. We think there's just the the wealth of knowledge, the the amount of information that you can learn from that firsthand experience is invaluable. Um, And it it really has, it's paved the way in in so many ways. You know, um, we're we're so proud to have Haley, for example, who, who was a former conference keynote speaker, who is now a member of our executive conference committee. Um, We want these voices to be not only a part of our organization, but to be leading the organization. You know, we're we're proud to have autistic board members, um, members of our executive committees, trusted advisors, um, because we just, we have so much to learn from autistic individuals themselves and their experiences. And and I think that, you know, you, you find that that plays into really every profession that is there to serve autistic individuals, whether it is, you know, the medical community, the therapy community, um, the education community. We all have a great deal to learn from autistic individuals themselves. And so I really think that that has helped to 
to change, especially in the last five to 10 years, just the direction that this, this community has taken as a whole. It's, it's very empowering to see. Yeah. And I think, I think you bring up a really good point because I think we're saying that we're going beyond being inclusive. I mean, being, being inclusive should really be just, you know, the benchmark we're talking about listening and hearing and leading and allowing autistic individuals to do all of those things, not just say, okay, come on, let's be inclusive, but let's really go a step further and be completely integrated in all the roles of society. Um, And there's no reason to not listen, to not hear, to not allow leadership, right? Those are all super important things that go beyond being inclusive. Inclusive is just like the staple in my mind, right? Would you, would you agree with those, with that? Oh, a hundred percent, you know, and it's, we're all learning, right? That's how growth happens. Uh, We're all learning. And so, you know, none of us are, are infallible. I mean, it's, it's the openness to be, you know, willing to learn and to um, embrace these wonderful creative minds and to have them lead the charge and be willing to sit back and listen and move with it. You know, I think that's, that's where the growth happens is when you're willing to just stop, be quiet, listen. Yeah. And and we'll, you know, we will all be better for it in the end. For sure. So what, what, what does the importance of how, how does April play into the 365-day um, charge to, mm-hmm. to be a neurodiverse community? How does April 2nd and um, the 30 days of April and autism awareness play into this whole scope of um, being a more neurodiverse community? I actually like what you said to start that April's is time to kind of reflect and then act. So I have very mixed feelings on having awareness months generally, because this kind of idea that people forget about your existence the other 11 months of the year, and that they can say that they're going to do all these things, like even just someone who advocates online a lot, all I get in April is a lot more messages and tagged in a bunch of you should follow this person type posts, which is great. It's a great start. It's very helpful. I appreciate the support, but I want you to have that same energy for the rest of the year. So hundred <laughs> percent. And something that I know we've done at milestones is trying as many organizations are doing and many autistic people very strongly believe is moving past awareness. So depending on who you talk to, it depends on how they're going to reclaim this month and milestones has reclaimed it as autism appreciation month going past mere acceptance mere awareness heading towards action and really just appreciating all that autistic people bring to the world so we already do have a very neurodiverse society and when we say we have a neurodiverse society i don't think we very well define this throughout our time together and i want to just clarify this for everybody too is when we talk about neurodiversity, we're not just talking about autistic and non-autistic people. So every single one of us has a different brain. The way that we process the world around us is wholly unique. 
And we have people who are also neurotypical, which is kind of the majority of people, your brain sort of acts in these expected ways. And then we have neurodivergent people who might be your autistic people, people with ADHD, learning disabilities like dyslexia, intellectual disabilities, mental health conditions, you get the gist. Basically anything that makes your brain work differently or outside of what we're expecting from society, because what does normal mean anyway? <laughs> so I look at it as that you know somebody in your life who is neurodivergent and you have neurodiversity in your home, in your work, in your school, you know people, you might even be neurodivergent yourself and not even know. So this is something I really hope you take your energy towards because even selfishly, not only can you help somebody you know, but when we are actually inclusive and accessible towards everybody, we all benefit. Even if it's something that's designed for people with disabilities as a whole, non-disabled people benefit from those innovations and little life things every single day. So I always like to point out closed captions just for fun. So if you've ever watched TV or Instagram stories with subtitles and you are not deaf or hard of hearing, you too have benefited from accessibility. And you might be using them because you like to keep your phone on mute. You like the little kind of context cues that you get because that's what I like closed captions for because you can always tell if somebody's laughing nervously because normally I can't tell on my own if they're nervous or they're excited. Or you like to watch things like K-dramas, which I also enjoy, and you don't speak Korean, and then you can actually follow along and understand it. So it's all these little things that somehow make things more accessible, and I hope that we continue that energy all year long. And look at April, it's just a jumping off point to start our learning, our acceptance, our action, and our appreciation. Very well said. I, mic drop, like I don't even know what to follow up with that. Um, <laughs> Uh, Autumn, what what about you as far as, um, and, and I agree 100%, a month is great to have, right? But it is the um, either kickstart to the other 11 months or it's the launch or, or the finale, however you want to look at it. It is a month to reflect, but it is a 365 day energy and effort and challenge. But what does it mean? What, you know, from, from Milestone's perspective, what does World Autism Day, World Aut Appreciation, let me correct myself, World um, Autism Appreciation Month mean for Milestones? It, it means that we are moving beyond being just aware or accepting and instead truly appreciating these unique perspectives, these talents um, that neurodiverse people bring to all of our communities and also that we appreciate the additional challenges that they may face, you know, and what they may have overcome or, or still have to overcome. Um, I think Haley really made a great point when she said, you know, you yourself may be neurodiverse and not know. You may have neurodiverse people that are in your family or that are, you know, among your group of friends that you don't realize. I think when we, you know, when we typically hear the word autism, some of us may have a picture in our head of what that looks like. That's but it's a spectrum for a reason. It's mm -hmm. a spectrum for a reason. Uh, and, and I will tell you, you know, we have had a growing number of adults, particularly adult women, reaching out to our help desk saying, you know, I think I may be autistic. You know, how do I go about getting the diagnosis? It, it, we're seeing a lot more adults that are starting to realize, oh, you know, I can relate to that. I have some of these sensory um, needs. And, you know, sometimes it's it comes after a member of their family received a diagnosis, whether it's their own child or, you know, a sibling, and then they start looking inward. And so 
you know, this is really changing the scope of, of what we consider to be, you know, autistic or neurodiverse. Um, it's really interesting to see how this has evolved. Well, it's good too, because um, we shouldn't paint that picture of, for, for anything that comes across our mind, when you hear anything, you shouldn't automatically paint a picture of what that is or judge what that is, right? Being open-minded and, and um, understanding that it is a, a spectrum for so many different things is, is just important and a good general role um, to begin with. So it's nice to see that we're evolving mindsets um, in that way. But that does lead me to rights um, for individuals with disabilities. And I know, Haley, that's your area of expertise. Where are we today with disability rights and what are the challenges? What do we need to know? I know you're going to lay it on us, so I'll just <laughs> put a question well, mark on that. Okay, great. So where we're at I think we have to kind of take a quick retrospective that we've actually come pretty far when it comes to basic human rights since the 70s, because that's really when the modern disability rights movement caught fire, essentially. So when we had the Civil Rights Acts in the 1960s with, you know, racial justice and all this other stuff and sex discrimination, disability was not included. So that's kind of the basic starting point. And up until the 70s, there was nothing that essentially really protected individuals with disabilities. Most of us are very familiar with what happened in the 90s. And the 90s was when we got the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that is the thing that you're probably the most familiar with about your accommodations, your accessible parking spaces. The, and you're also probably very familiar with the modernized version of the IDEA, which is the law that lets kids with disabilities have a free and appropriate education in the public schools nationwide. And before that, there was a very rudimentary version of that in the 70s. And before that, you could still literally not be able to go to public school on the basis of disability. And lots wow. of people were institutionalized. Lots of funky things happening from basically the last century up till now. And we can really go through how depressing a lot of disability history is, but that's not what I'm here to do. But where we're at now is something that I find very interesting. Disability rights is something that's looked at and is inherently political, but it did not become political the way that it is now until very, very recently. That I always like to remind people disability rights historically is very bipartisan. So some people often think it's a one side or another side thing. It historically is very bipartisan. I know that you have lots of progressive folks saying one thing, lots of conservative folks saying another, but Truthfully, it was very bipartisan until very recently. And now the bigger fights that are happening in the disability policy world are, of course, workplace stuff that's usually ADA. New things like guardianship, conservatorship, especially if you've followed the whole Britney Spears saga and how adults with disabilities and primarily autistic youth and people with intellectual disabilities are the ones who end up getting placed in those situations where another adult is essentially in charge of their affairs and that person loses lots of different civil rights. And there's not many different alternatives. That's a state by state fight that's been going on that we're trying to do better with, even just being able to pay people minimum wage. So there's a loophole in the labor laws actually that allows people with disabilities to be paid less than minimum wage federally. If the organization holds a specific type of certificate from the federal government to let that happen, and a state, but there's been a state by state basis, and this has actually been very bipartisan, by the way, 
of eliminating that so people with disabilities have access to equal pay for equal work, all sorts of fair things. So there's a lot of work at that basic policy level going on. There's all sorts of stuff about accessibility, the internet. You can be here all day kind of talking about all the little things that happen in this world and where everything comes in. But the way that I like to explain this to a lot of folks is every issue that you've encountered in your life, whether it is political, whether it is social or anything, there is a disability rights component to it, whether or not you're willing to acknowledge it. So if we talk about. I think we lost Haley for just a moment. Autumn, are you still with us? I'm still there. Sorry, that there is a a disability rights component to pretty much every rights-based issue in our lives. So there's a lot of work to be done. And it's really important to learn and lead from people with disabilities who've been leading this charge since the 70s and before that. So that's kind of where we're at. And I'm happy that Milestones is helping to advance that conversation and help folks be able to advocate for themselves and their communities. What position does Milestones take in in the whole charge for rights for um, the disabled? Where, where Where is Milestones in that picture? Well, I mean, we, you know, we, again, we are a an agency that we, we listen to our people. You know, that's yeah. why we have our board. That's why we have our executive committees and um, incredible advisors that are self-advocates like Haley. Um, so that we can listen and learn. And, you know, we are, Milestones is an organization that is for everyone. So, you know, we want to be a very open, a very accepting and appreciative body that is is here to listen and learn and support. Um, and so, you know, listening to self-advocates like Haley, you know, discuss what some of these issues are in the disability rights community, we are here to support that. You know, we are here to, um, you know, to just, like I said, to listen and to learn and continue to support and, and do what we can to help um, members of the autistic community, you know, feel like they have a body that is here for them. Yeah. You know, it's heartbreaking, actually. I mean, when you really just, and maybe that's what this month is all about, right? Just take this, if nothing else, take this month to like listening to Haley speak. It's heartbreaking that somebody that has a disability may or may not have rights as a human on top of it. It's just to to know that that exists in modern day society is just really, really heartbreaking. And so maybe that's what this month can be. Appreciate that as well. You know, just, I mean, do we know? Do we really know what's what's going on in, in our societies and taking a moment to think about that? Um, I have to ask you, though, Autumn, how is this all happening? You are a nonprofit. Where do you get your support, your backing, your fundraising? Your like where and what do you need? Because our audience is listening right now. Perhaps they're as heartbroken as I am to hear what's really behind the curtain. Um how how do you stay afloat? How does all that happen? And what do you need? Yeah, we certainly could not do what we do without the support of our donors. Um, you know, I will say our conference um, that is our our biggest you know education based initiative throughout the year um, is not something that funds our organization. Um, we we do have an annual benefit every year. We have an annual fund every year. Um, and we have, we truly have a wonderful 
um, community support system um, that, you know, once they have used our services and experienced the power of what we do, I, I truly feel like most families then turn around and give back to us give because back. I mean, that, that was my personal experience, right? Yeah. You know, I was the parent who, you know, relied on milestones before I joined the milestones team, you know, and, and we see that with other members of our team as well and members of our board and our committees um, as well as our donors. But we do rely on those, you know, personal donations and corporate donations to help us continue to provide the services that we do. So, um, you know, if anyone is interested in supporting milestones, they can visit uh, milestones.org. Um, you can learn more about our conference, milestonesconference.org, where you can register um, and you can see the power of, of the conversation that's happening at this conference and the power of the education. And then perhaps you too will be inspired to support our mission. Well, you've inspired me and we're going to get all of this in the show notes, you know, how to get in touch, whether you need help or want to give help um, about the conference. Um, Haley, if it's okay with you, I would love to include your book and how to get in touch with you and, you know, so, and we can follow your journey. So we'll get all of this into the show notes. Um, I wish we can talk for another <laughs> half hour, another hour, but I know we'll be following um, Milestones and Haley and Autumn and everything that you're doing. Um, you're truly helping with a different perspective and a different level of appreciation. We're beyond awareness now, right? I think that it is time to be more action focused and appreciative and um, everything that you're doing and embracing is just wonderful. It's a great role model. And Haley, thank you for being a role model. I really need to take a moment to, to show gratitude to you for being a self-advocate, for being a role model to so many people and for teaching us, right? Just guiding us, teaching us and leading us. Um, it's the right thing to do. You're so eloquent and so beautiful and really appreciate what you've shared today, um, especially with the backing of you, Autumn and Milestones. It's really beautiful. I wish we had more time. Oh my gosh, we I really do. But we'll continue. We'll we'll meet you guys again at the uh, conference. I hope everybody's going to join. Um, we'll get that in the show notes as well. But uh, we do have to wrap this up. I'm so sorry. Fearless fundraisers, as you know, that's about all the time we have for today. Um, we try to keep these digestible to like 30, 40 minutes because we know you're driving your kids to school or trying to squeeze this in a lunch hour. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. I think we're up to 85 or so. Follow the channel that you like best because we stream on 10 channels and on demand at onecause.com. And if you are a fundraiser and would like to appear on Raise Nation Radio, just reach out. We'd love to cast a spotlight on your mission. Um, we have so many nonprofits doing amazing things that are building better tomorrows for our communities. We want to get your story on Raise Nation Radio because you're just awe-inspiring. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a free 
catalog of ebooks and videos and vlogs and blogs that hopefully you'll find very helpful. A huge shout out and thanks once again to my guests, Haley Moss. And here we go again, Autumn Ziemba McKenzie. Woo! Um, I, I need a gold star for that one. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for being with us today. I appreciate you enlightening me and our audience on um, everything that you're doing at Milestones and what uh, the true meaning of autism appreciation is all about. I enjoyed our conversation, but I have to ask you both any last words of inspiration. Haley, we'll start with you. Sure. I'm actually going to share something that my mom taught me when she first told me about my own autism. And that is that different is neither better nor worse. It's just different and different can be extraordinary. Lovely. Oh my gosh. I love that. How about you, Autumn? I think, yes, coming from the mom's perspective, um, appreciate, appreciate your, your child's differences. Uh, they will teach you more than you ever anticipated and just show them that appreciation and that love. Beautiful. Oh, you've both been so inspiring. This is a wonderful episode. Thank you for being guests. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Don, for having us. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank, thank you for the opportunity to share our stories and mission and things that make us passionate and excited with you and everybody here at Raise Nation New Radio. Well, thank you so much again, Raise Nation Radio. That is a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Race Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. Mm-hmm.